Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Realms and Nerds podcast. I am RJ, one of the players for two of the player characters so far in the main campaign, and welcome to the show. Just a few things before we begin. First of all, if you like our show, please be sure to subscribe to get updated when we put out new episodes. Also, don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. It'd be really helpful, and we would really appreciate it. If you like the show, be sure to share it with people that you think would like it. It's one of the best ways to help our listening audience grow. As I mentioned before, I'm working on getting our character sheets onto our Tumblr account, and I do have the level 1 character sheets from our Ornon Prelude characters up already. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and, as mentioned before, Tumblr. If you make a post about the show online, don't forget to include the hashtag RealmsNerds. It's all one word, RealmsNerds. It's another small way that you can help us share the show. Thank you once again to our friend Kyle for composing the music for our main theme. Thank you, listener, for listening. We really appreciate it. And without further ado, we shall continue delving into the further adventures of the Return of Ornon. Previously on Realms and Nerds, The Return of Ornon. He left home to go play music for the world. Soon, he also found joy in stealing from others. It was never malicious intent. In fact, he found that he enjoyed spending his money on those who needed it most. So this shot, as you fire it, actually kicks in some of that residual energy from the revolver. And I'm actually going to need you to make a wild magic throw. Joan is on now. Six foot ten. Just outside the gate, there's a garrison of about 50 of the Fist members. At the top of the wall is a tall, lanky figure dressed all in black. Jack! As you ride away from this fortress, the last image you see, you see this figure mount up onto a horse. are speeding away from the entrance of the Reach Trust, you see Jack mount onto his steed and begin to give chase to you. Who's Chase? Oh. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> really? Come on. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, that joke was like a two. Uh, that was, that was like an RJ joke. I'm glad you recognize where your comedic level stands. So... If you guys remember, the way that this sort of road goes out the main gate is uh, it goes to the north just a little bit and then takes sort of a wide curve around down the hill heading back towards the city. And so as you are thundering down this road on your wagon, you sort of come around the corner and you see that Jack, before he came up to the truss, must have alerted the garrison of what was going on because they are right in the middle of getting everybody mobilized to come up the hill. So they don't really look like they are ready to go yet. They're still kind of in the process of getting everything loaded up, but they are standing right in the roadway 
they're inner, they're kind of scattered about enough that you could probably make your way through them. Your other option would be to try and take it off road, but that would probably do some serious damage to your wagon. Time to go bowling. <laughs> well, shit. Let's just do this. So we're going forward, and they're in front of us. They're in front of you on the road. They're all through these. So guys. are you guys gonna just? Who's chicken now? Who is driving the wagon? I know Sibo kind of got the horses going with his command. Did you jump up and grab the reins then? Yeah. Okay. Sibo, can you do an intimidation check for me? And then Ramash, you as well. Yeah, that three. Fitting. So in an attempt to try and intimidate the guards standing on the road, Ramash jumps up next to Sibo and attempts to try and give out a roar, sort of blast a little bit of fire, just kind of scare him. And as he jumps up, he opens his mouth and goes... <coughs> and actually just coughs out a little bit of smoke and uh, kind of bends over and starts hacking up a lung. One second, guys. <coughs> and so then Sibo actually puts his hand on the top of Ramash's head and pushes him back into the back of the wagon and says, Oi! Get yourself to work! And then, with a snap of the reins, he actually gets the horses to almost appear like they're rearing up a little bit. And it's just enough that these guys on the road dive out of the way and are trying to move. So, for everybody that's in the back, I guess not Ramach because he's kind of fallen over, but we'll say for uh, for Joan and uh, Mikhail, I want you guys to make a uh, an opportunity attack here. Basically, you're trying to swing at these guys as you roll past them. Whatever guy I am swinging at, he's probably marked with Hunter's Mark, because that's still active. It's not been an hour since I activated the spell. Okay. Plus, I also have Thunderous Smite, unless it's been over a minute since we passed through the gates. Meanwhile, I have a dagger! I feel like it's probably been a minute since you guys took off. Well, 13. Uh, I guess make that 22. With <laughs> a dagger. <laughs> no, it's off. Alright, so, uh... Yes, your other dagger, doesn't he? Joan's <laughs> only got one dagger now, so Joan is gonna connect on that. Alright. Five damage. So, yeah, you're able to connect with one of the guards as you fly past him. This guy doesn't quite have his armor on yet, so you're... I think your dagger just kind of, like, sort of rakes across his chest as you go past him. He takes a good chunk <laughs> here. Mikhail is not quite able to connect. I think, um... Maybe, well, this is a sword. I think his sword just kind of glances off one of the guy's armor. This is his goes, sword? That would be a critical fail, sir. That would be a critical fail. <laughs> so, uh, now at this point, you've got Jack sort of rallying these guys to kind of come up you know, kind of gets them together, and as he rides through, uh, several other guys mount up and take off kind of with him, uh, chasing you now. So at this point, you are now approaching the sort of main strip of Reach. You're about to get into some an area where there's actually some buildings now. Are there people around? There's not a lot of people. I mean, you obviously, you did this heist at night. So it is still, we're still a little bit before daybreak at this point. What kind of district are we talking here? Are we talking the slum, banking, shopping district? Initially, this is going to be just kind of some housing, you know, the lower end of the housing. The low rent district? 
without being the slums. Sure. Kind of think how Division in Grand Rapids. Ah, so we got a couple uh, red light districts. It goes from being not great, and then it kind of rolls in and becomes the main sort of strip in town. Are there like three or four little old uh, drow women standing on the corner smoking going, Hey, honey, you looking for a good time? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, at first it's going to be housing, and then eventually you're going to get into some businesses, kind of the main area there. How far away are the horses behind us? Um, Are you referring specifically to Jack? Well, sure, let's say Jack, because he's probably the head of it. They're all, I mean, yeah, they're all kind of together. So I think right now, because Jack kind of stopped to rally some of the other guys together to come with him. So they're a fair distance off at this point. They are, we'll say, about 100 yards. But they're closing on you fairly quickly because they aren't hauling a wagon full of gold. What's the plan, guys? we got to get out of this town as soon as possible. Yeah, we're going to need a distraction if we're going to be able to outrun them. A distraction? Uh, fire would always be a good choice. They're too far away. Joan? I believe you are the specialist when it comes to setting odd things ablaze. Is that what we're gonna do then? Paint the town red. Alright. Paint the town criminals, run by criminals. A a fireball. Are you aiming at them Mm. or are you aiming at a Oh, yeah, I'll aim aim at the guys on horseback. Maybe it'll hit them. Who knows? Okay. 20. Yeah, 20 is good. Five damage. And then I take it, I gotta roll. Cause you, yeah, you don't have any bullets, right? Yep. So yeah, you gotta do a wild magic search right. here. Eleven. What's eleven? Tell you in a second. <laughs> Jonas now seven foot two. <laughs> so your your height increased again. I take it. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you're four inches. Do <laughs> uh, his clothes grow with him? It's How magical. It's a magical effect, so I, I'm gonna say probably. How tall were you originally? Six foot even. You've grown fourteen <laughs> inches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's gonna wind up being ten foot. Yeah, if you keep rolling like this, he is. Joan's gonna end up a giant. <laughs> yeah. Three With no increase to strength. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still a wi- he's still a wiry dude here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You grow tall enough, I'm throwing like a spear. Well, that did the trick. Why do you guys seem smaller? <laughs> uh, Why do you seem thinner? Do I want to take a look in the mirror there? Yeah, so I'm going to say that um, as this firebolt streaks across the sky, just because you're firing, but these guys are moving up on you, even though they were out of range when you fired, I think that they end up in range by the time that the firebolt sort of reaches them. And so, um, I think that it's close enough that you hit the front two of them with this effect. If you produce flame, we can take our bows, light some arrows, shoot it at some buildings. I mean, like, they care about the town to some extent, like, their job is to protect the town. So if we set the town on fire, they're gonna have to at least take some of their dudes to set out the fire. I have three arrows, and I intend to aim them at the people pursuing us, rather All than... Alright, well, I have 22 arrows. Okay, you can set and... the town on fire. We'll try to take out some of the guys. Oi! Uh, Joan, take the reins! On it! 
Sibo's in the back now. So are you guys going to just keep rolling, or are you going to try and pull something out on the road? Uh, we're just going to keep rolling. Well, it sounds like we're just going to keep on rolling. Yeah. Okay. So Sibo is, uh, is actually going to start stringing up multiple arrows on his bow. Okay. Uh, he's going to take, like, about three arrows on his bow. Romosh, could you, uh, could you help me out? I need a little bit of flame. No problem. And I cast Produce Flame and just hold it for him. So, uh, Sibo's going to light his arrows and... Take aim at well. What are we passing currently? Any um, big landmarks. No, I mean you started to get away. Now it's kind of a mix of houses and shops, sort of interspersed together right now. See what's gonna aim for. I assume there's probably some like two-story buildings with like a balcony. Yeah. So he's gonna aim for the underside of a balcony, high up on the first floor. I'm going to say this is an athletics check, because you're not really attacking the buildings, you're just trying to see how good you can shoot them. Eleven. Two of the arrows find their mark, and they catch sort of the underside of the balcony. The third arrow doesn't go quite as far and lands on the bottom porch of one of the other buildings, so it is a little bit less effective. But yeah, this building that you shot does uh, begin to start catching on fire. Nice! Question. Are there any, like, street lamps, torches, whatever, along the sides of the roads, like hanging Japanese lanterns? I don't know, like any sort of... Is there like a pole? Any sort of pole structure holding a source of light to illuminate the streets. Yeah, I think that there's a couple of spots that are sort of spots for the night watch to kind of hang a lantern. I have an idea. Somebody try to knock those poles down, knock them into the road, create some obstacles for them. If there are some poles, I'm going to cast Thorn Whip at them and try to catch them with the whip and yank them down. Okay. 20. Just for the sake of time here, we'll just use that for the next couple. So we'll say as uh, these lanterns are, we'll say are placed probably about one every 200 feet or so, and... uh, Ramash pulls down three or four of them into the road, which the fuel in them kind of ignites on the ground and sort of starts some small blazes going. Now you are rapidly approaching the first saloon that is on the road. How far away off the side of the road is it? I mean, it's one of the storefronts, so it's right there. And it's got one of those old-timey swinging doors in the front. Joan, pulse as close as you can to that saloon. Is anybody carrying whiskey? I'm carrying flames. So as you start to come up close to this building, you're looking for the best way to do it. A guard who's clearly been neglecting his duties a little bit, hearing the commotion, opens up the door of the saloon to see what's going on. And Ramash, you have one shot to try and land inside this saloon. All right. To land himself or a a flame? Land a flame. Ah, uh, that's a 14. With a 14, you actually miss your target, but you hit the guy that's holding the door open, uh, and it impacts into him and uh, catches the door of the saloon on fire. The building does start to slowly burn, not quite the explosive effect you were looking Damn. for, but Damn it. it is starting to burn a little bit. So all right. This whole town's going up. <laughs> Every little bit helps. See, I'm sure he's enjoying this. Yeah, he is right. There is a significant amount of fire coming up behind you. I think there's some alarm bells that are ringing along the path that you've been going now. 
And uh, the first two of the riders have sort of pushed forward, and they are now reaching you. Jack has actually dropped back. He's sort of a little bit behind. He's going to let his guys kind of try to soften you up a little bit before he comes in for the killing blow. That coward. So, yeah, you have two riders that are now about two or three feet off the back of your wagon, and they're going to try and come alongside you. In the meantime, I have had my longbow drawn. I would like to mark one of the approaching riders with Hunter's Mark. Okay. And draw an attempt to fire. Yeah, I think at this point you're still kind of making an opportunity attack. Opportunity attack, does that mean I have advantage or no? No, just that I'm letting you do it out of roll initiative. Yeah, uh, a seven is not going to do it. Can I throw a flame at the other one's horse? Yeah, I think you got time to do a quick flame throw. That's a 15. Uh, so yeah, that actually is going to hit the horse. That is 8 fire damage. You hit this guy's horse. It kind of sort of makes his horse stumble back. So he sort of retreats to the back of the group. Uh, however, as he does, in this time where you've been fighting with these guys, two more guys actually caught up. So we're going to have a total of three guys on horseback that are coming at you. So we're going to roll some initiative now. With the people at the back of the... Are we minusing the person driving the wagon, or are they... Well, they are kind of in control of the horses, so they can do something with the whole... I'm going to say that since Joan is driving, he's just going to automatically go last in the order. And he'll have the option to try and do something, or he can just keep driving the horses if he wants to. 21. I got 13. 19. All right. First up in the order is going to be Mikhail. As they close range, Mikhail is going to put his longbow away, draw his rapier, and ready his shield, and go after this guard that he has marked with Hunter's Mark, and he is going to make a slash at him. Okay. With a 21. That'll hit him. Six points of damage. Okay. Just so you help me remember, for the sake of marking guard four, just reading that part right now. Just because this is a dynamic situation and you're not standing in a room fighting. Right. Uh, you got us an apple dumpling gang situation here. <laughs> Alright, so how close are these people behind us? They're, like, right on you. So they're within jumping distance. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you could definitely jump onto their horse, for sure. So Sibo is going to attempt to jump onto the horse of the guy to the right of the wagon. If you miss, I'm not going to Okay. <laughs> 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 if he misses, you're not going to make an uh, acrobatic check. It. Yeah, do an ac- acrobatic check here. 19. Sibo takes a flying leap off of the wagon. What does he yell when he jumps? For my gold! <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you land sitting in the saddle, actually facing this guy. You're like face to face with him. And so because you sort of made this unexpected attack, and he's carrying a spear, so he can't immediately kind of attack at you, I'm going to actually let you make an extra attack here because you're right okay. on top of him. So I was attacking with my daggers. Both daggers, right? Correct. So basically do like your main attack, your secondary attack, and then just do another main attack. Okay. Nat 20. 
Yeah. Double damage. So that's on a the double first damage strike. on the first strike. Alright. That'll hit two. It was a three. Okay, so you got a, okay. a double damage roll and then another roll. Six. Six nine. And then uh can I make my opportune strike as well? Well, that was no, your third just, no, you don't have any No, yeah, you can do your opportunity strike. Oh, okay. So 11 damage. Okay, basically the scene here is Sibo flies off the wagon, lands in the saddle facing this guy, and basically just takes his knives out and just like buries him in this guy's sides repeatedly and then pushes him off the horse, and he is dead. Oh, Sibo got himself a Guys, guys, I did it! Uh, did you see me? I really did it! God, he's coated in blood. <laughs> that was far from a clean kill, but it was definitely a kill. Hey, whatever works, buddy. So next is the guard that got hit by Mikhail. He's right there next to him. So he's actually going to try and turn his spear and stab Mikhail. That is a nat 20 plus my uh, so 23. Yeah, that's going to hit. That's seven points of damage. What sort of action does he take here? Does he kind of just make a direct stab? Yeah, he basically was riding alongside and he just shoved his spear at you. Could I try to grab the spear as he stabs me? Yeah, do a. Uh, I'm gonna need a yeah, I'm gonna need a dexterity check from you. Dexterity. Yeah. Uh, twenty one. We'll say the spear, as it comes in, it actually catches you right underneath the ribs in the side and goes in, but... Son of Bahamut! You're able to get a hand on it, and as you hold on to it, you just kind of lean backwards and sort of, like, tumble into the wagon, and it pulls it out of this guy's hand. So, uh, we'll say you've got the spear, but you're going to start your next turn, like, on your back in the wagon, which doesn't (laughs) doesn't really hinder you, because... You know, not like you're doing a lot of movement speed stuff in this one, but... Gonna dash to the front of the wagon for no reason. <laughs> but yes, you are, you see, you are uh, on your back right now in the wagon. So next up is the guard number five here. So he is actually going to ride his horse really close, and he's going to jump off of his horse onto the back of the wagon. So he's kind of standing sort of on the tailgate of the wagon, kind of on that little lip, holding on. And uh, so he's holding on with one hand, and with his free hand, he's got his spear in. He's going to try and jab his spear at Ramash. I better see a fucking spark kick. <laughs> uh, That'd be number two in the show. <laughs> that is... Still salty about that. 17. I'm like, fine. Have yeah, your moments. <laughs> I haven't had a moment like that since. <laughs> I did. You're, oh, you're over there like, oh, look at this moment, and this moment, this moment. So that's five points of damage. And then, Ramash, you are up. I'm going to try and um, slam my shield into this guy's face and knock him off the back of the wagon. What would I add to that, if anything? We'll say yeah, strength modifier. Sure. Okay, uh, that's a 13. So, yeah, you actually are going to be able to connect with him. You plant your feet. Um, Mikhail, do a strength check for me real quick. Actually, comes to one. Thirteen. Actually, so Mikhail, because he's laying on his back in there, 
seeing Ramash ready himself, he rolls over so his back is facing Ramash, and Ramash um, plants his foot onto Mikhail's back, and with the extra leverage, he smashes this guy off of the wagon. As he does so, this guy, as he falls, Sibo sees them coming. Sibo, do a, uh, have an animal handling check. We'll do that. Yeah, it's a five. So Sibo sees this guy coming, and he tries to maneuver his horse out of the way and can't quite move him. So we're going to say your horse is going to take two points of damage, which horses have 13 hit points. However, the force of you trampling this guy does kill him. And so he is also dead. Should have hit him, scoop him over in front of us and have us run him over. That would be cool, but that would be a pretty crazy (laughs) strength check. I know. (laughs) I'm just glad I worked. Besides, you would have got taken out because your long ass head is sticking up now. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting down, you're still four seven. He's sitting there with his legs crossed, holding the reins with his toes. I'm actually imagining that Joan is smoking one of those long pipes as he's driving them. And it's like barely sticking out from his lips. <laughs> Wait, hang on! Did his lips grow three feet too? Every time he talks, his lips are like... Well, guys, do you think we should go down the street? <laughs> Actually, Jack didn't kill his family, but that's besides semantics. <laughs> anyway, Joan, you are up. Are you going to try and do anything, or are you just driving the wagon? How are we doing back there? And he looks back and sees. Do a uh, do a perception check for me. I just wanted to know. Yeah, no, go ahead. Okay. I want to know. 18. Yeah, so you turn around and you see that Mikael is on the floor of this wagon, <laughs> uh, pretty much covered in blood. Sibo is on a horse covered in blood. And Ramaj is standing there in a, like a striking position with his shield. He's basically like just got his arms flung wide. And, uh,. You only see one horseman still right next to him, and uh, seeing that they have it well in hand, you just... All right, I guess we're doing good. (laughs) And he turns around and continues to drive the wagon. And smoke his pipe. Uh, Mikhail's up. With a groan, I'm going to lurch to my feet, pull the spear out of the wound, and make a strike at this guard. 17. Yeah, that hits him. 15 points of damage. Were you throwing the spear at him, or were you just stabbing him with it? I was stabbing with the rapier. Oh, I thought you... I I pulled the spear out, dropped it, and then went back with the weapon that You weren't using the spear, okay. So, yeah, you reach for it, you stab this guy, and uh, he is also dead. He succumbs to his wounds, we could say. (laughs) (laughs) He's just flopping around on the horse, and then finally flops off. Yeah, he kind of just does that whole, like... You know, ride where he slowly slumps over, and then I think actually it's very comical. His face <laughs> runs into a post and <laughs> knocks him off the horse. Whack. And he's dead. Joan, with that perception check that you did before, mm-hmm. you also noticed as you're starting to get closer to sort of the main area of town, there is another saloon that's coming up that could be a good target for a fireball. 
We got another one coming up. You come alongside it, and this yeah. is the moment. Who's taking a shot? We're, I'll we're take a shot. Gonna, you both are? We'll, All right. We'll both do it. Is there okay. another wild magic surge with that? I got a ten. Eight. Isn't there a wild magic surge? Yep. Yep. So, it yeah. Into a pot you, uh, you both shoot at this building, and uh, they impact into the walls of the building, but you are not able to quite connect with them. I got... 48 right here. Okay, so as both firebolts fly and impact into the side of the building, the firebolt thrown by Joan, as it hits the building, suddenly explodes, and out of this raging fire appears a flaming animal with four long legs and a flowing mane and a majestic horn made of solid blue flame appearing out of its forehead. And this is, in fact, a flame unicorn. And this unicorn continues to charge forward, blasting through the wall of the saloon, and straight over the bar and impales its horn directly into the bartender, who was just in the middle of restocking the shelves and has an entire plate of whiskey in his hand. And this saloon explodes. We're talking the entire place goes into splinters. It blasts across the roadway. It goes up in the air. The wagon that you are in just gets peppered with shrapnel. And as you look back, the roadway is covered in fire. There's just this like liquid river of flame running across the road. Hell yeah. And uh, out of the center of the inferno, you see this majestic flame beast rear up on its hind legs and uh, let out a crying whinny as it then continues on following you but blasting through the walls of all of the buildings <laughs> and catching them ablaze. As the way you're going, the entire right side of the roadway as you go, now all of these buildings are just bursting into flames as this flame unicorn blasts through all of them. The guys behind you have been significantly stalled. In fact, the explosion killed several of them. <laughs> well, well, that worked out better than I thought it would. So Mikael's jaw hits his armor really quick. Ramash <laughs> <laughs> is just like... And he draws his skinny knife, looks at the fiery unicorn, and then just slowly puts it back in its sheath. <laughs> uh, so, just up ahead, Joan, you see a sign that says alchemist 100 feet with a arrow pointing to the left so do a quick animal handling check for me joan 18 okay so you pull up hard on the reins and yank these guys hard left and cut around the corner then around another corner and quickly pull up in front of a shop that is labeled just simply the alchemist so, uh... Crack of lightning flash across the sky. 
No, a human man comes out to meet you, slightly overweight, receding hairline, and he is wearing a red bathrobe. And he says, what can I get for you? You guys need some heels? <laughs> I'd say so. And uh, A little bit. So he, he kind of peeks the, the back of your way and goes, middle of a heist. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> All right, toss me some gold and we'll get you out of here. Ramash throws a bag at him. So you toss him a bag of gold. He runs inside and he returns with a, uh, a bag full of goodies. So he tosses each of you a potion, which gives you uh, 10 hit points. And then he also hands you six rounds of whatever kind of ammo that it is that you guys shoot. And then he says, listen... You don't have to tell me how fucking good my potions are, right? I made them. I know how fucking good they are. Now get out of here. <laughs> and with a crack of the reins, you are now back on your way again. Mishael pours a potion on his wound under his arm and gives a thumbs up, wincing. Ramash is going to actually take that spear that you dropped and hold on to that, because I'm proficient. I'm those. kind of laying on it, but... <laughs> well, then I'll pick slides you up. up. You slide. <laughs> Buddy, I'm going to need that spear. What do you want to grab the reins? Not really. <laughs> I mean, I can. You seem to have it well in your large hands. Does anyone know even where we're going? I suppose I'm probably the only one that knows the layout of reach, so I guess I better just keep going. And uh, so keep going, you do. So you kind of cut through a couple of side streets and you end up back on the main drag, a lot closer to the gate now. You guys are just about a mile out. Joan, did you have to come down the highway when we're carrying a cart full of gold from the treasury? There's no roads close enough to the gate other than the main road. Just make a break for it. That's what we're doing. Yeah. As you call that out, the last contingent of these guys chasing you through the town is going to come up on you. So there are four horsemen with Jack sort of riding in the middle of them, making the fifth. And so he's kind of got these guys, one on each side of him. Dawn is just starting to break over the horizon. At this point, do we have opportunity strikes? At this point, um, I guess kind of. I wouldn't really call it an opportunity strike because... We're not in combat. We need to take the opportunity. It's not like, yeah, it's not like you're. they're giving you an opportunity. They're just like, I mean, they're far enough away. If you want to try and make some kind of a ranged attack before they get to you, you yes. would have time to do so. I'm good with that. I'd like to do an attack on them as well. Okay, go ahead. Uh, whichever oh. one of you wants to go first on this. Uh, I guess so, because I'm probably going to deal less damage. <laughs> I'm going to cast... The corn wasn't dramatic enough. <laughs> I'm going to cast Magic Missile on three of the guys. One missile per guy. How many? There's four guys and then Jack in the middle? Yeah. Okay, so actually what I'm going to do, can I have one dart hit one guy and two darts hit another guy? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to have one dart hit the guys on Jack's right. I'm going to have one dart hit the guy on the very end and two darts hit the guy between him and Jack. The one that hits the one guy is four damage. And okay. Magic missile automatically hits? Yes. Mm -hmm. The one that hits the old guy in the middle for seven damage. The, well, I mean the middle guy because I'm only dealing with guys to the right of Jack. Took seven damage. This guy and this guy. So, because they're in the line, right? No. Like a die. Think like a die. You got two guys, Jack, and then two more guys. Okay. So, I guess oh. the two guys that are in front. The guy on the right of Jack took the lower damage of the guy on the left of Jack took the higher damage. 
All right, Bronson. All right, and then uh, Mikhail was also going to try and make yeah. an attack on these guys, right? I'm going to mark Jack's horse. Okay. That's a 10 versus AC. So, cool. yeah, so you hit his horse. Five points of damage. Okay. When Jack's horse gets hit, he actually drops back a little bit and is now behind the guys that were in the rear. So, Sibo's gonna use his short bow to attack the horse of the guy to the front left, I guess. Or he's on the right side, so yeah, probably front. Okay. I guess real quick, just to clarify, are you riding next to the wagon, or are you behind them a little bit? I'm on the right side of the wagon. Okay, but you are next to them. But if I shoot the horse, I have a higher chance of hitting his face. Then shoot the horse. It's up to you, bud. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot the horse of the guy. Okay. So that's nine. Wow. Yeah, so that is not going to hit his horse. Ramash is going to wait till they get within 30 feet. And as soon as... Well, as soon as they're within 30 feet, he's going to use Thorn Whip on... As he's looking back, the guy on the right, closest, he's going to use Thorn Whip and try to hit its legs. The horse's legs? Yeah, try to hit the horse's legs. No, the guy's legs. (laughs) That's an eight. Yeah. Let's get those bad holes out of that, the That's not going to hit me up. So now at this point, they are uh, they are on top of you. Let's go ahead and roll initiative. I'm still last, right, because I'm driving? Yes. I'm also last because I just rolled bad. Nine. You got nine? Nine. Okay. I got five. Well, then what did... Were you, were you saying no in German? Or <laughs> confirming the nine? Thank you for that. I was confirming <laughs> well, the nine. Okay. I got Damn. five. Okay. <laughs> I rolled shit. 21. Sibo is up next. Alright, so Sibo is just gonna slow the horse down and pull next side of guy number 8. Okay. And he's gonna pull out his rapier and, um. You have a rapier? Yeah, first time I've ever actually used it in this campaign. Weird. And what the hell? How do you use rapier tongue if I could use one? And, he's um, got a rapier the size of pussy boots. Yeah. Like the biggest steel deals on one. The biggest boots. 17. Uh, 17 hits him, yeah. The biggest blended weapons I can even use are daggers. <laughs> a dagger. A dagger. Nine points of damage. So, yeah, you kind of ride abreast of this guard and whip out your rapier with a flourish and uh, bring it in and it finds its mark and this guy gets hit and he slumps over in the saddle and kind of slowly sort of loses, uh, his horse kind of starts to slow down and he kind of um, falls off to the side. And then could I use my cunning action bonus action to speed my horse back up next to the carrot? Go ahead and do an animal handling check for me because I think it's not just you dashing, so you got to kind of... Uh, that's a 16, I believe. No, 7. <laughs> you were not able to get the horse to cooperate, so you're still a little bit to the back that, of the wagon. How's that speaking with animals going for you there, bud? <laughs> yeah. Next up is one of the guys that's back by Jack. And so he is actually going to try and throw his spear at Ramash. <laughs> Not 20. Not a critical fail. Please tell me I catch the spear in midair. No, actually, when he throws this spear, he does so badly that he actually throws it about five feet and embeds it (laughs) into the ground. 
And Jack's horse actually runs into it and takes two points of damage. <laughs> Next up is here. So it's the guard um, close to the back left side of the wagon. He's going to ride up and uh, he's going to try and stab at Mikael. That's a 20 versus AC. 20 will hit. All right, so... Four points of damage. You want to talk about taking one for the team? Speaking of taking one for the team, Mikhail, you're up. I am going to draw another arrow. I have still marked Jack's horse. Uh Uh-huh. And I am going to launch another dart. For a 20 against the horse. That hits. Ten points of damage. As this arrow flies forward, it embeds directly into the center of this horse's chest, causing it to lock its front legs up and throw Jack forward. But as it throws him forward, he almost anticipates this movement and springs himself out of the stirrups and flies through the air, doing sort of a a flip and lands on top of one of the second-story roofs on the side of the buildings here. Left side or right side? Uh, He's on the left side. So I need um, everybody in the back part of the wagon to make a dexterity saving throw. Fifteen. I got an eight. So, as Jack lands on the top of this rooftop, he draws both of his revolvers and just fires off a flurry of rounds at the back of the wagon, and Mikhail dives out of the way, uh, but Ramash is not quite as lucky, and is actually standing sort of squared up to Jack as he takes a round directly to the center of his chest, and he gets hit with eight points of damage. Joan, you are not looking at this. You're trying to drive the wagon. And so one of the rounds, although it doesn't directly connect, it's going to slice past you and kind of catches you in the side of the arm. And so Joan takes two points of damage. And so as you speed away down the road with these horses following you, you see this lanky black figure silhouetted on top of a rooftop just as the sun begins to rise over the edge of the buildings. So after that little encounter there, Ramash is, uh, now he's on the ground in the wagon. On the ground in the wagon. Yeah. That's quite the feat. He's he's on the floor of the wagon. Uh, (laughs) And he is hemorrhaging quite a bit of blood here as he just took a massive blow straight to the chest. And yet I'm still doing great for hit points, so... Are the other three horsemen still pressing on the attack, or are they falling back considering their leader is not leading them, so to speak? No, they're still on you. So, uh, actually, next up is going to be the guard that's in the far right corner, and he is going to move up a little bit, and he's going to try and jab his spear at Sibo. 17. Do they win ties? Yes, the attacker wins a tie. And hit. So he's going to hit you for two points of damage. As he jabs his spear, he will say he just kind of catches your side and just cuts you a nice little gash, but you're you're still up. You're all right. Ramash, you are next. You're currently laying on the floor of the wagon here. All right, I'm going to get back up, and I'm going to take aim at this guy's horse, number 10 there, Okay. with my spear that I'm currently holding, 
And I'm gonna throw the spear at his horse. At the horse or at him? At the horse. Okay. That's a nat 20. Yeah, that'll hit. 11 damage. You heft this spear and throw it at this guy's horse and just absolutely catch this horse, like, almost dead center, and it rears up on his hind legs, kind of just from the force of this blow. So this guy, as he gets hit, he is just barely able to hang on to the reins as his horse rears up, and uh, he falls back uh, a little bit as he kind of is trying to control his horse, but even though his horse is bloodied and battered, he is not quite down yet. Next up is... Sibo. I don't get a turn. Oh, that's right, yeah. Joel looks back and sees, not doing as well as last time. Alright, might as well give him a hand. And he's gonna cast a firebolt. Where you should not? Whichever one is closest to us. Okay, go ahead. 22. That'll hit him. And that deals 8 damage. You fire off this firebolt at this guy, and it impacts into him and knocks him clear off his horse, actually, uh, into one of the buildings on the side of the road and starts a little mini fire in the porch of this building that he this, so his corpse that. lands on. I'm just <laughs> picturing this, like, slow motion 360 scene where it's like he goes, ah, shit. Turns around, <laughs> hits the guy, like, straight the jugular, flies off yeah, the horse. Yeah, so, yeah... So, yeah, here's the scene. He, uh, the camera does it's an intense close-up on Joan's face as he just says, Oh, shit. And then he tur- as he turns, he draws his revolver, and it's still following his face, and he pulls the trigger, and the camera moves down and then follows his bullet in slow-mo as it goes to this guy and catches him in the throat and pushes him off the horse into the porch, and then the entire porch catches fire. <laughs> and uh, with that last shot, you are actually out the gates of reach, and you're now in the desert wasteland beyond. So next up is going to be Sibo. Sibo is going to string an arrow on his bow and aim for the guy whose horse took damage and fell back to uh, finish his horse off. Okay. So yeah, that's going to hit. Well, this horse is already dead. I know it is, but, um... So, yeah, Sibo kind of turns around in the saddle and fires an arrow at this horse, catches him right in the neck, and the horse goes down and sort of tumbles and crushes the rider underneath, and uh, he is down and out of it. So, next up is going to be the last remaining rider, who is going to spur his horse forward towards the wagon, and he is going to try to throw his spear at Joan in an attempt to try and stop the wagon here. So that's going to be a 14 versus AC. That'll do it. That'll, wow, Joan's squishy. <laughs> Just as AC. My dude! So this spear, again, as Joan is not looking, he can't see the attacks that are coming. And this spear impacts actually right between his shoulder blades, hitting him for seven points of damage. And uh, actually, because of where this spear hits you, Joan loses a little bit of his movement mobility and starts to 
loses grip on the reins. So, Mikhail, you're going to be up next in the order. I need you to actually do a strength check to try and grab this spear and pull it out of Joan's back to help him out here. Is that athletics or strength? Do a strength check. 20. Mikhail is able to come over there. He pulls this spear out of Joan's back, which enables him to sort of grab, grab back onto the reins and continue moving these horses. So now you are standing here. It is your turn. You've got this spear in your hand and one rider coming up right on the back left corner of the wagon. I am going to actually set the spear down at my side and calmly draw an arrow for my quiver. Okay. Fix it to the uh, longbow that I have drawn off my shoulder and mark my final target, hopefully. Uh, 20 versus AC. You're shooting at the guy, right? The guy. Okay. Yeah, that's gonna him. Nine points of damage. Yeah, this arrow goes sizzling past and just catches this guy actually in the side of the neck. And he kind of slumps over in the saddle a little bit, but is able to pull himself back up, and he's still riding along with you, but he is not looking good. Ramash, you are up. All right, Ramash is going to throw a flame at the last rider, at the rider himself. I got a fucking eight. Yeah, eight is not going to hit this guy. This firebolt is going to pass by him as he continues to ride here. Joan is up now. He looks back. You guys still haven't dealt with him yet? And he's going to shoot Firebolt at this dude. Uh, that's going to be 16 against Stacy. Yeah, 16 is going to hit him. That's 9 points of damage. He takes the hit and it just kind of pushes him back. His feet actually stay in the stirrups, but his whole body just sort of flops back and uh, is sort of laying back on the horses. The horse kind of slowly starts to veer off to the left and uh, out of sight. So, Sibo, are you staying on your horse, or are you getting back in the wagon with these guys? I mean, if we're just riding, I might have to stay on the horse. Okay. So you guys are, uh, you're riding away, and Reach is starting to fade into the distance. And then uh, off to the west, more, I guess we'll say, more off to the southwest, you see a thick plume of dust starting to kick up and rapidly approach you. Jones is going to move the cart more eastward. He's still going south, but he's going to angle it, kind of try to get away from this cloud of dust. Yeah, this uh, this, dust, this thing is rapidly catching up with you. As this cloud of dust approaches, you can begin to see the glint of metal inside of the center of this dust cloud. I'm pushing those horses to their limit. And then you hear the cries of animals and uh, like a big sort of boxy metallic shape starts to take form. And before you can get much further, suddenly kind of coming out of this dust cloud close enough so that you can see it is this giant metallic armor-plated wagon that is being pulled by eight enormous oxen that are just running to their absolute limit to catch up to you. Mounted on the top of this giant wagon is a big metal cylindrical shape that you can only assume is some kind of cannon. And uh, standing at the controls of this cannon is none other than a tall, 
lanky figure dressed in black. And uh, as this wagon gets a little bit closer, Jack actually raises a hand in greeting and gives you a little wave. Joan flips him off. <laughs> well, we just can't get a break. I guess it is time to finally meet Bahamut. So then a loud boom echoes out from behind you and a giant lead ball just misses the side of your wagon and impacts into the dirt next to you, just throwing up a big cloud of dirt. Serpentine! Joan, serpentine! I'm trying! Alright, so I guess Joan is going to adopt more of a, uh, a zigzag kind of shape with the horses then? Yeah. Okay. Joan, go ahead and do a perception check for me. All you can see right now is basically behind you and to the left and the right is just straight desert. In front of you and just slightly to the right, there is some sort of kind of natural rock outcroppings. It looks like the beginnings of maybe some kind of stone, like like a gully or a canyon or something. How close are we to the forest at this point? Uh, you're still a ways out from the forest. You just left Reach. So to get to the forest, you've got the the river is somewhere to the be the, to the right yeah. of you as you're going right now. You can't see the river at this point. But you still got quite a ways to go before you reach where the forested area begins. Okay. Alright, but June! Hard westward! Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to actually kind of, as we're zigzagging, kind of work it so that we're starting to go more and more southward. So are you angling toward, are you trying to angle, like, straight south? Are you aiming for the rocks? Are you trying to get towards the river? Where are you going here? I'm trying to get us to the forest, or the, well, I guess the river precedes the forest, doesn't it? Not necessarily. Okay. So the way that the river cuts through, it basically, so essentially the river is the westernmost border of the eastern wasteland. Yes. However, the river kind of vivisects the white timber forest. So you can reach the forest without crossing the river. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get us to the forest, basically. Okay. I'm about to say head to the forest. So, I mean, the easiest way to do that is kind of to cut straight south and yeah. slightly to the east. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. The quickest um, way to the forest. So that's, that's actually going to take you closer to the rocky area that I told you about. Okay. So if you, if that's the way you're heading, that you're kind of heading towards the rocks. Okay. All right. So you're kind of angling towards this stony area, and uh, as you do so, this wagon is sort of pulling up behind you. For the rest of you, are you going to try and do something about this wagon, or are you just how sort close of behind is it? They've pulled up pretty close. Currently, they're at about 200 feet. They are closing quickly, however. So the entire structure is made of metal. Yeah, so the main area is all kind of got this metal plating on it. So the cannon is sitting atop that. I assume we have Jack manning a cannon. I assume there's another one or two people front driving or loading yeah. it. That was going to be my I assume question. there's somebody loading this cannon because it's not an auto cannon. This was my next question. Is there any kind of opening into the interior of this carriage other than, you know, the cannon? Yeah, so there is actually a few different openings. There is a fairly sizable hole that lets the reins come into the main part so that the driver can see what they're doing and move the oxen. There are some smaller ones along the sides for people inside to be able to shoot out at people. 
clearly Jack has gotten up onto the roof of this somehow, so there's some kind of way to get into it from the top, but you haven't yes. really ascertained that. That's probably see. not kept Joe, open. can you corrode the barrel so that the ball fired from it will not fire accurately? I do have acid splash. How far is that thing, shoot? Uh, range is 60 feet. For acid splash. So right. any further, it would just be a regular bullet. I mean, if you wait, they're coming up fairly quick. If you wait just a little bit longer, you could wait for them to be in range if you want to try. I was asking oh. about the openings because I thought somebody could shoot some sort of fire projectile or send some fire inside of it, especially because it's a metal structure and mm-hmm. it's super heat and all the guys in there. That was just that was what I was going to suggest. Or for anything electrical. So, yeah. do you know how the cannon works? Yeah, you you load it with the projectile. If you're, are you talking like a traditional cannon, like a pirate cannon, or Any cannon. or cannon like ball. a Revolutionary War cannon? Yes, you like you like, like you load the cannonball cannon. in there, and there's also you also put um the powder powder, yeah, powder in there. That was what I was looking for, mm-hmm. and then you light a fuse. You light a fuse, yeah. As you're trying to figure out what to do, the lose. barrel of the cannon has spun around to the back side and there's a crew of guys that ride on the back part that are reloading the cannon. Alrighty, here's my suggestion. Am I the only one that can launch fire at any decent range? If they get close enough, yep. since they're coming at us... Time to be a hero, Jones. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> that was Jones' internal uh, monologue. Alright, I'm gonna do two separate things. Okay. Right now, while it's further away... I'm going to attempt to shoot a fire bolt into the interior of it. Yep. Maybe get it to those guys to fry up or whatever and veer it off course or whatever. Okay. If that doesn't work for whatever reason or whatever, I am going to also try when it gets closer to use acid splash on the cannon. Okay. Melt it or whatever. Corrode it. That's what I was looking for. All right. So, uh, 17 on the fire bolt. All right. And then go ahead and roll your, uh, your acid, too. Okay. 23. This large metal wagon is uh, quickly approaching you, and as it begins to get a little bit closer, Joan, who is still driving the wagon with his one hand, turns around and with his free hand fires off two shots. The first one, as it flies through the air, ignites and slices right through the opening that has been uh, left so that the drivers can see what they're doing and ignites inside of the wagon, causing three uh, soldiers to jump out and sort of roll away from the wagon. The second shot impacts directly into the barrel of the cannon, which causes it to begin to sort of melt and uh, drip a little bit as the metal kind of twists. Just as the second shot impacts Jack fires off his second shot, which, now that this barrel has been corroded, actually just kind of hits that end part where the barrel was twisted and explodes the end of the barrel, and you see this bright flash as a big shock wave comes out from the top of it and uh, throws up a dust cloud. And uh, through the dust, you can't quite see what's going on and how successful Jones' attacks were. And then you see just a little glint of metal, and the wagon now is still coming at you. The top part of it has been destroyed. In fact, it's been kind of peeled back like a sardine can from the explosion. Jack is now standing kind of on the harness work that holds all of the oxes together, 
right by the back two oxen, trying to control them to keep them running forward. Uh, the keep- oxes? Oxen? Oxen is multiple oxes. Yeah, yeah oxen. but you said oxes. Boxen. I'm on two Okay. Two boxes in the dog sounds good. I saw some meat in the woods. Food is eat. Food is eat. As they charge forward, you now have reached this area of the stonework, and you are kind of... Jonas sort of has to focus his attentions forward again as he kind of is dodging through the stonework. There's these big pillars of stone, and you're kind of beginning to ride into what looks to be the beginnings of a canyon. Uh, so Joan kind of has to pay attention now to make sure that he doesn't run into anything. Although the wagon has dropped back a little bit, the one pursuing you is uh, still behind you a little bit. Uh, Ramash is going to throw a flame at the lead oxen. Okay. Oh, well, that's an eight. Yeah. It's not about being incompetent. This is die, I swear <laughs> to God. That eight is not going to hit. This Ramash yelled that at the sky. It's the die! It's the fucking die! <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know! <laughs> so, uh, the firebolt misses this lead ox, and now the wagon is getting very close. And, uh, Sibo, can you roll an animal handling check for me? <laughs> and then I need you to do a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> 24. As these oxen now come up right behind you, the lead oxen in the front right is actually going to swing its head and the horn catches your horse in the side and you are thrown from your horse. However, you are able to direct yourself enough that you land uh, close enough that you can grab onto the wagon and pull yourself inside. Oh boy. Nice to have you back. Yeah. So now you are you are thundering along. Now this has turned into a full canyon here. Stagecoach chase. <laughs> well, this is completely... I mean, this is like you know, you've got rock walls going up 40 feet on either side. You are fully inside of a canyon. And it is getting tighter and tighter. And these oxen are coming up behind you. And they're actually starting to bump into the back of the wagon. And as they do so, Joan, do an animal handling check for me. 22. So as you thunder along through this canyon, all of a sudden up ahead, Joan sees probably about the worst thing that you could see as you're going through this. You see a uh, chasm that opens up, and so with an extra whip of the reins, he yells back to the people in the back of the wagon, Brace yourselves, this might get ugly. And uh, pulling up hard on the reins, the horses jump and just barely clear this chasm. (laughs) The the back wheels actually catch on the edge, and uh, you you lose uh, one or two bags of the gold, but Jones is able to get the horses to pull you up and over. Uh, However, your pursuers are not so lucky with the extra weight, both of the oxen and the metal carriage. They cannot make it, and they plummet down into this chasm. (laughs) Got away again, Jack. Fuck you. We got some gold. Bahamut's back end, that was close. Do not take my lord's name in vain. (laughs) 
<laughs> said the guy who said son of Bahamut earlier. Yeah, I feel like you have double standards here. I was crying for help. Judge me as you may. Bahamut will judge you all. I mean, Alrighty. I'm a and kind of makes me a son of Bahamut. So yeah, and then Joan cracks the whip and moves the cart suddenly, and uh, three of them fall over. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you got riding through this canyon, and then kind of little ways on, it opens up into a more open area, and then after that, the landscape starts to look more inviting and less desert-like. Then, at, as you, uh, keep going, you sort of are, have reached this point where you're not quite into the white timber forest yet, but the area seems a little bit more hospitable. There's a little bit of, uh, running water, maybe a small stream that you run into, and, uh, decide that you should, uh, pull over and, uh, maybe collect yourselves a little bit. Oh, guys, I've never been part of a more sloppy and completely outrageous heist in my entire life, but we're all alive, and man, do we got hella gold, guys. We got a shit ton of gold here, buddy. Now that we're done with all the excitement, how much experience did we get? I'm gonna call that 100 XP. Alright, so you kind of have uh, made an encampment here. This so is the only night I, I do not go hunting. Instead, I'd rather sleep underneath the wagon. Sebo, play us a song. Kind of go into a coma. Okay. <laughs> play you a song. Play us a song. Ramash is going to sleep on the gold. What are you guys in, into? Uh, what do you guys want? Wagon. Oh! Play us the tune. Play us some. You know any scar? <laughs> oh, fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> two plus two is four. Minus one and three good maths. Oh, God. <laughs> you know home in the wastelands? Yeah. Let me just put on my southern voice real quick, black. Wouldn't it be like northern and eastern? Shut up! Sebo, do you know the song Skinning a Tiefling? (laughs) Good God. This was his favorite nursery rhyme. Shut up! Do you know the song called The Reach Trust Got Robbed by a Bunch of Jagways? (laughs) Guys, 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 I got a good one for you. Are you ready? There once were four adventurers and went to a town called Reach. We broke inside the vault and Where's stole the skip up all the gold we could. Where's the part where we <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, in this case, it is a noun versus an we adjective. And then we Earth. were chased by a crazy guy in a black hat. Turns out that Joan really pissed him off when... His name was Jack? Hey, hey, what did you do? I've killed his men. I've pillaged his towns. Anyways, as you are waiting uh, in this area, sort of going to take a rest and uh, recoup yourselves before you continue on south, just as everybody's kind of getting settled in, all of a sudden, Ramash, who is sleeping on top of the gold, suddenly a small shape falls on top of him, um, and a sharp blade is pressed against his throat, and the voice says... Hey, don't move! Next thing you know, you are surrounded by a multitude of small gnomes, all wearing green clothes. Oh, for fucks! 
For I thought fuck's this, sake. I thought this day couldn't get any worse or weirder. One of them is bad enough. This gnome that's holding a knife to Ramash's throat says, Oi! Y'all throw down your weapons and uh, we won't have any trouble here. Oi, who do you think you are? Who do I think I am? I'm Bastille, and we... And he kind of motions around. Are the Hoods of Robin! The Hoods of Robin! Is that R-O-B-B-I-N apostrophe? (laughs) (laughs) R-O-B-Y-N. Yeah, that's right. We worship the god Robin, and our sacred duty is to rob from those with money and give it to the less fortunate. Well, then, you have happened upon those with no money who have happened to cross a portion of money of those who have money. So, therefore, we are on the same mission as you. Hey, Mikhail. To rob us would mean that you are accomplishing less of the same mission that you are choosing to purpose. What he's trying to say is we just robbed some high-up dudes, got a shit ton of money that is not ours, and uh, you're going to have to fight us for it. By the way, get this thing away from my throat, or you're going to be lit on fire, buddy. I fear not death. I have faced the same three times in a single day. All right, all right. Yo, everyone calm down. I shall not calm down. Oi! Let me talk to my people. For a moment. Or I draw my sword. (sighs) I'm sorry for my, uh, my compatriot's actions. I believe that we can all settle this if you simply take me to Duran. Well, uh... I mean, that's going to complicate things. You see, Duran ain't exactly around these parts right now. Look, I know your organization very well. In fact, if you check your records and ask around, you might just find that somebody, this guy, may or may not have at some point been a high-up leader in your organization. What, you were a hood? The name's Sibo Terrell Nim. Well, I guess you are wearing a hood right now, um... And he's, like, kind of thinking about it. The question here is really more of a, a philosophical one, I think. Y'all say that you, you don't have any gold, but... And he gestures down to the wagon. Here you have a lot of gold. I, I, I'd almost venture to say too much gold, and, uh... Small <laughs> brass. Like I said before, this is not our gold. Y'all elves are all a bunch of lying sacks of shit. Yeah, I can tell gold when I see it. I can smell gold from a mile away. That's true. We we really can smell gold from like a mile away or so. Like, give or take. Tell you what. You want some of this gold, you can have it. We're going to need some to make up on our supplies we've lost or whatever. But, I mean, we just stole this gold, so... We can't even carry it all. I mean... Yeah. How about we just take what we can carry and the rest can be yours, I mean. Horse and wagon along with me. Yeah, we don't, we don't need the horse and wagon. We can just walk. All I care is that this gold don't fall back into the hands of the fist. Well, alright. I see, see it as how you've got somebody who claims to be a member of our order and uh, you have clearly liberated this gold from those that don't really deserve it. I think I like that agreement. How about this? Uh, we'll say one bag of gold each and uh, we'll take the rest. How about that? Sounds fair. Alright. Alright. Here's the deal. First, you take me to Duran. Then, you guys can get your gold. Oh, well, alright, but... And he points to the rest of you. These guys are gonna stay here, right? Fair. We can't have them knowing where all our little hiding holes are, now can we? I don't want to know what holes y'all 
Spur out of. Spur out of? What do you think? That us fucking gnomes come from the fucking ground! You know? Yes. So anyways, you guys stay here with a uh, fairly heavy amount of gnome warriors that are oh, kind of guarding you. And Sibo uh, uh, goes with this guy who uh, leads him through the forest a ways. Takes him about a couple hours. And they arrive at a large tree that, although there's no sort of uh, markings on the exterior as this gnome comes up, he kind of runs his fingers in a pattern along the bark, and uh, the side of the tree swings open. Uh, it's a secret knot. Yes, it's a secret knot, essentially. Uh, reveals a staircase that's going down uh, in, into the ground. Oh, it smells so good to be home. Uh, these stairs lead down into a room that is roomy for a gnome. Fairly large, about 100 feet square. And um, there's a figure seated kind of at the far end at a desk. And so this figure at the desk says, So I hear that you uh, you were looking to see me. Duran, you crazy son of a bitch. What do you think you're doing having your people not even remember me? Sibo! Uh, well this is awkward. Yeah, I know this is awkward. All the time that we spent together robbing people, giving money to other people, and you think that when I'm out in the wilderness with a bunch of well rid off people, stealing stuff, and then trying to give it to the less fortunate, and y'all just gonna come in and take our gold like it's nothing. If I remember correctly, and uh, as he says this, he actually stands up and starts to walk towards you. The last person that you, uh, you were stealing from was me! And by the time he says this, he actually is about eight inches away from you, and, uh, I think Sibo kind of reflexively sort of gets ready to run away, and uh, he's sort of just staring you down, and then he says, And I couldn't be prouder, and he sticks his hands out and gives you a big <laughs> handshake. It's good to see you, my friend. Good to see you too, you crazy son of a bitch. I've, uh, I've heard just a little, little bits and pieces of this. Uh, I mean, it's an unfortunate situation, but you know how the organization goes. We gotta get our money out of this deal. Of course, of course. Look, Duran, we have more than enough gold here. Truly, we are on, um, we're on some, 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 I'm actually, like, working for someone. It's a pretty serious business, actually. Wow, I never would have seen the day when Sibo Turan had an actual job. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But look, we just need a little bit of gold for, uh, you know, providing for ourselves. Uh, we, we're, we're kind of trying to save the world in a general sense. But, um, look, here's what's up. This gold is straight from the hands of the fist, and I know that we've had our fair share of run-ins with the fist in the past, and that your people f don't even want to mess with them anymore. Look, I get it, but here's the deal. I want to make sure that every single last ounce of gold that we give you from the fist is never even seen by those crazy bitches ever again. Well, yeah, I think I think we can definitely guarantee that. And obviously, uh, I think you know uh, 
There's a couple towns in the White Timber Forest that have been lacking lately. I, I actually was in a, a town not too long ago that was under siege by some living dead figures. Yeah, Timbers Crest. That was a terrible, terrible situation. You know, we were uh, we were actually gonna go down there and try to see what we could do, but the whole situation kind of kicked off too quickly for us to really mobilize anybody. Look, here's what I can do, alright? Since you're willing to make such a generous contribution to the cause, so to speak, I'll uh, have some of my men escort you through the forest, make sure nobody gives you a hard time, and we'll get you back wherever you're going. How about that? What do you say? For old time's sake. Sounds like a deal, Duran. Just make sure that Timbers Crest sees the gold that they need, and maybe you can get a little bit to Mom and Pa. Yeah, uh, you know, I've been, uh, I actually haven't really been able to get a hold of you about this, and, uh, I, I suppose that's my fault. I could have looked a little bit harder, but, you know, it just, uh, with the way things get, I'll, I'll just come out and say it. Pa's dead. What? He, uh, you see, he got, he got involved, you know, you know he how he was. He was, uh, he was in this kind of long con going on, this bait and switch with a, uh, a Tarnesian knot and a, uh, a double flare helix twist and, uh. Oh, no. Yeah, that's what I told him. I said that was, that was one too many scams trying to run at the same time, but he didn't believe me and, uh, it just, it, it all fell apart on him. The mark figured it out, and, uh, well, he got himself killed. I'm sorry. Oh, fuck! Yeah, look, like I said, I happened, uh, I, about six months ago. I, I've been trying to find you, but, you know, you ain't always the easiest person to get a hold of, and I just, uh, I, you know, I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, you know, my, Ma's still doing good. I, I've been keeping her safe. She's, she's fine. At least Dad went out, uh, Exactly how we, uh, always thought he would. Getting it over his head, doing something stupid. What more can a, more can a gnome ask for? Yeah, true enough, true enough. Look, and, uh, Sibo pulls out of his bag a spare bow to his viola and gives it to Duran and tells him, Give this to Ma, make sure she knows that I'm so sorry for what happened and I'll be by... As soon as I can, but we're tied up trying to find this crazy witcher motherfucker so we can kill him, so that it's a mess right now. Yeah, no, I understand. Uh, I mean, you you ain't really been home a whole lot, really, ever, so I, I don't think she was expecting you to be back anytime soon. But, yeah, I mean, if you could swing by and at least uh, pay your respects, I'm sure she would appreciate that. Yeah, all right. Make sure that, uh, she stays safe. Thank you for all your help, Duran. Well, you know, I mean, what what are brothers for? And he actually, uh, he steps forward and gives you a hug. And he says, stay safe out there and, uh, don't get killed by any of those witch types. Yeah, will do. Make sure that that gold gets what needs to go. I will indeed. Yeah, so with that, you head out and you leave Duran's hidden spot he's got here and go back to your companions. And uh, after talking to them, you kind of have tell them about this agreement that you've reached. And so a large portion of the gnomes leave with the wagon and most of the gold. 
and you each are left with uh, a bag containing 300 gold pieces. However, Sibo, when you go to add these gold pieces to your current purse that you're carrying, you find out that your purse is 100 gold pieces light. Crazy son of a fucking bitch. <laughs> you couldn't be prouder. Because apparently that hug was not just brotherly affection. <laughs> and so that is where we will leave our adventurers. They have now gathered their belongings after a long rest, and they are hiking through the white timber forest with a small contingent of these gnome uh, sort of soldiers to escort them back to Beacon.